There's a lot of question marks heading into 2024, but I think one of the biggest ones is what's going to be happening over at second base. Will there be a competition? I'm not believing that. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at RyanClary11, and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And while you're at it, make sure to search Locked On Nationals wherever you get your podcasts, including over on YouTube, and make sure to hit that subscriber button there later on in today's show there were some rule changes over the last week one of them very much so in my opinion a Davey Martinez rule change we'll discuss that a little bit later on hint two games in Houston that could have costed us multiple games there I think you know where I'm going with that we'll discuss that rule change a little bit later on and why I've dubbed it the Davey Martinez rule change change Len later on in today's show we're also kind of get into the idea of a second base competition that's kind of what we led into the show with here today but most importantly we're gonna get into that a little bit later on because I think the Nationals have kind of showed their cards of what they want to do with second base moving forward but what is your biggest concern for the Nationals in the year of 2024 but before we answer that question today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel and make every moment more right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. All you have to do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So speaking of today, there is a lot of question marks with this Nationals team. I think a lot of different people have many different questions, but two, in my opinion, or the second base one, we're going to answer, answer that question a little bit later on in the show. But this one, in my opinion, this is the most concerning one. And the biggest concern for the Nationals heading into 2024, in my opinion, is kind of the log jam that they have with the starting rotation right now. At the forefront of it, you have Josiah Gray, your National League All-Star this last year. He's going to be your number one starter. Then you have Mackenzie Gore, who will be your two starter. Those two guys, there's zero questions about it. Then this is where it gets a little bit money. As we're sitting here today, you have Patrick Corbin, who's going to be making $35 million this year, which by the way is more than Shohei Otani. Never forget that fact there. So he's going to be in the rotation no matter what. This is where it gets a little tricky. You have Jackson Rutledge. You have Jake Irvin, who showed a lot of different, really, in my opinion, some of the better stuff from the Nationals this last year down the second half of the season. You also have Cade Cavalli coming back from Tommy John surgery, a former first-round pick, one of the top prospects in this organization over the last few years, definitely by far and away the best pitching prospect the Nationals have. And then also, you have the possibility of Trevor Williams coming into the rotation at this point. So you have five spots to, to fill at this moment in time. Where will those dominoes fall? Because that is kind of the big kind of hierarchy question you could say here. Right now, again, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, those names are in pen no matter what 
they are, are going to be in that rotation, as well as Patrick Corbin, in my opinion. So even you can toss those three aside to the second. What about the final two, though? Because as we sit here today, Trevor Williams still under contract. And at this moment, you can't really help but think that he will be in the rotation going into this year. Then you have Jackson Rutledge, again, another former first-round pick. And you also have Jake Irvin, who, in my opinion, should probably be getting a very good look to be in that starting rotation going into 2024. But when they're all healthy, when Cade Cavalli comes back healthy, which he will at some point this summer, whether it's later on in the spring, early summer, we'll just have to see kind of when his timeline transpires and how he kind of goes along here in spring training. Who are going to fill those last two spots, though? Because my big overwhelming concern at this moment, you may not be able to see Jake Irvin, Jackson Rutledge, and Cade Cavalli all in the same rotation for a team that's still very much so in the heat of a rebuild. I want to see these guys like, again, Corbin and Trevor Williams probably not get the opportunities that they, you could say, deserve, but mostly we know they probably don't deserve it at this moment. Because we can't really just kind of lose fact of, we're still in this rebuild. You're still going to be going out there probably for the next season or so, And you're still going to want to evaluate a lot of these younger players, especially when it comes to pitching. Because we all know the Nationals, in years past, you've had all these former first-round picks, whether it be Eric Fetty, whether it be Mason Denneberg, who hasn't even made it above Fredericksburg Nationals in low A. There's a lot of different guys in the past that just simply have not worked out here. But you've seen guys like Jackson Rutledge over the last year and a half or so. He's been improving down in the minors, ultimately made his debut this past season look pretty solid, look good enough that you could say he should be in the rotation in 2024 or should have a crack at it at the least. Jake Irvin, kind of a lower level prospect that the Nationals really liked, recovered from Tommy John surgery, came in this year and in my opinion was one of the Nationals' more impressive pitchers down the stretch from August all the way through September. And then on the other hand of it, you have Cade Cavalli, who's going to be coming back from Tommy John, who is certainly ready for the majors. He's not going to be going down in AAA and spending half or maybe three-fourths of the season like some people may anticipate. This is going to be someone for when he is healthy, maybe that is June or mid-May, wherever it is, he's going to be in this rotation. So who will be the odd man out? And if the Nationals, let's say they were to do Jackson Rutledge, let's say you were to put off Jake Irvin and say, We're going to see what these guys can do in the bullpen. That would be malpractice. If you were to go out there with Patrick Corbin and Trevor Williams in this rotation, when you have guys like maybe Cade Cavalli who sits down and camps in AAA for a little while. Maybe you have Jackson Rutledge go to the bullpen or maybe just go back down to Rochester, see what he can do. Or on the other hand, Jake Irvin. If you have either of those guys, all three of them, all three may potentially not be in the rotation at once, which is a very real possibility, by the way. If you were to go that route, that would be a monstrosity of a just a bad decision, in my opinion. Now, is that likely to happen, that you have all three of those guys out of the rotation? No. One of them will certainly be in it, and if you were to pick one of the three, it's probably going to be the first-round pick, Cade Cavalli. Jackson Rutledge is also one, but still... Keith Cavalli shown a lot more promise over the last few years. Hence, that's why he's been a top 50 prospect in baseball for quite some time now. But going into it, my biggest fear is that you're going to go out there and just say, well, we're paying Patrick Corbin $35 million. 
you're going to have to have him in the rotation. You can't just be putting him in the rotation or in the back of the bullpen and just have him go in there and pitch two innings every few days. That's probably going to be their argument. And that's probably what is going to happen. And the reason why I say that, over the last few years, since 2020, Patrick Corbin has not been good. We know that. That's something that we can talk about for days and days and days. They've never even considered at this point to put him back in the bullpen. Never. And considering that he's going to be taking his biggest, you know, one-year deal here, $35 million for his last year here in D.C., considering all those things, there's no chance the Nationals stick him back in the bullpen at this point. So then you have to look over at Trevor Williams, who, again, is not making that much money for the Nationals, but still is one of the highest paid players on this team right now, the way that it's constructed outside of Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. Then you got Trevor Williams sitting right there, also behind Max Scherzer, you're not paying at this moment. My biggest fear, though, is that they're not going to do this rebuild and what you should do. They're not going to give the young guys opportunities and hopefully take these opportunities and run with it the way that Jake Irvin did this last year. My biggest fear is that you're not going to have Jackson Rutledge in this rotation. And if you don't, and if you can't figure out what Jackson Rutledge is, and if you just let him kind of sit down and soak in AAA, I don't think that's going to be good for the organization long-term. You have to figure out what you have in-house before you can go out and really spend on flashy free agents next offseason. Whoever that may be, I would assume that the Nationals are going to be in that free agency starting pitcher market yet again. But if you can't figure out what you have in your young prospects, I think that's going to be a big issue. Because not a lot of people this year probably expected Jake Irvin to come in and pitch pretty well the way he did. I certainly did not expect that. Going into this year, am I expecting Jackson Rutledge to make some massive impact? Not really. But also, there is a chance of it. Because again, former first-round pick, has a lot of talent, looked pretty good in a handful of starts up in the majors this year. If he were to stay healthy, if he were to stay on track and have a good spring training, come into spring training hot and ready, maybe go out there and have him pitch every five days, see what he can do in this rotation. Because once Cade Cavalli comes back, he's going to be in the rotation no matter what. One of these guys will be the odd man out. And if it is Trevor Williams, great. That's probably what should be happening. And Davey Martinez did kind of allude to that fact that that could be coming down the line. But I'm not convinced of it just yet. I need to see the Nationals do what they hopefully should be doing going forward, which is play the young guys, pitch the young guys, see what you've got in the organization before you go out next offseason and hopefully just splash on a sunny gray type of free agent, you could say. The Nationals, they've got a lot of questions this offseason, and ultimately, there hasn't really been too many answers. But you could say there are some answers within this farm system. But ultimately, it's going to be about really just taking those next steps, having Jackson Rutledge go into the rotation this year, and hopefully just seeing if you can get an answer. If it's a no, great, you've figured that out. If it's a yes, and if this is going to be someone who could be in rotation for the next five to six seasons, then you've also got your answer. Rebuild. All about finding what you've got in your young guys. The Nationals, they're going to be entering the final stretch of it. you got to figure out what you've got. And if you can get Jackson Rutledge to develop, if you can get Cade Cavalli and Jake Irvin, guys like that to develop, those are the answers that you're going to have to have by this time next year in order to spend, in order to make your roster just a little bit better. 
So hopefully the Nationals, which I think they will at this moment, they're going to do right by the fans and by the players and hopefully just play these young guys. It's all about this rebuild. It's all about the future. It's not all about just what's happening right here and right now. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check us out over on YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals and hit that subscriber button for all your latest Nationals news and notes. Next, this is the big kind of overwhelming question, in my opinion, or the second biggest overwhelming question. Are you buying the idea that there's going to be a second base competition for the Nationals the way that Davey Martinez and as well as Mike Rizzo have kind of hinted at maybe this year? We'll have to discuss that. And if there is, who the hell is Luis Garcia going to be competing with? We've got some answers after I tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. And guys, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is always so easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. You have the Commanders at home against the 49ers this weekend. You know that I'm going to be betting against the Commanders because that is what they do. They lose, they lose, and they lose. And you know what happens if they lose and we bet against them? We win with our friends at FanDuel. So when you go to FanDuel, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on because FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Now we get back into it as Nationals. They could have a second base competition brewing here in Washington, D.C. Yes, I said it. It's crazy to think about because it felt as if last year Luis Garcia was going to be taking this next step. He was going to be entering that season and hopefully just taking the job and running with it. But as it's kind of been sitting here, in my opinion, this has been one of the more interesting developments of this offseason. Davey Martinez went on MLB Network, talked about Luis Garcia, said something along the lines, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, that Luis Garcia is not a shoe-in to be the opening day second baseman. There's going to be some competition, and he's going to have to compete in camp and probably who knows what's going to happen in spring training with guys like Nick Senzel in the, in the order now. You have Carter Keboom, who may even be in the mix, and as well as your Rule 5 draft pick, Nassim Nunez. So going into this year, are you going to be buying that the Nationals will be having the second base competition for Luis Garcia? As we sit here today, I'm not necessarily buying that. I think Luis Garcia will be your opening day second baseman simply because of this. What are you going to do right now as we sit here today? What are your in-house options that even could compete with the likes of Luis Garcia? Nassim Nunez? Someone who's a very solid defensive second baseman. It would be very pretty to see Nunez and Abrams working up the middle together. But even then, what he does offensively down in the minors is not going to be all that friendly to him up in the majors as well. I can tell you that right now. His slash line down in the minors was not friendly. It was not great. What Nunez is known for is to kind of be that defensive specialist type who's going to work up the middle. And ultimately, that's probably where he will live the rest of his career. 
But are you going to put him as your starting second baseman, someone who is still young and fresh like Luis Garcia, someone who also does, he does have potential. He has good bat-to-ball skills, doesn't really strike out that much, has a good batter's eye, but ultimately, he's not doing much damage with his bat. What he's known for is that defense. Is that really going to carry you over Luis Garcia, who does have a solid offensive potential, but it ultimately has never really have it put together at this point? I'm not going to be buying that Nassim Nunez going into spring training is going to be some open competition with Luis Garcia. I just can't really see that unless they foresee something that we just simply cannot see at this point. Because Nunez, if you look at the numbers, we can talk about it all day. They aren't really friendly to him when it comes to his bat. The Nationals, we know this. You need offense. You need guys to really kind of juice up the power of your lineup. You need guys to get on base a little bit more than what we've got. And some would say, well, Luis Garcia hasn't done those things. And you're probably right. But ultimately, Luis Garcia has also shown some promise at portions in AAA. He's shown some promise back in his days in 2018 and 2019 when he rose to be a top 100 prospect in all of baseball. When the Nationals called him up in 2020 when he was on that taxi squad for that COVID season and ultimately showed some pretty decent promise in that COVID season also. What are the Nationals planning to do here? Because it can't be in-house. You cannot go into the season with Nassim Nunez or maybe Nick Senzel, but at this moment, it seems like Nick Senzel is going to be over at your hot corner at third base until Brady House or Trey Lipscomb or guys like that come up and make the bigs. Going into this, though, are there guys outside of house that maybe could make sense? Because in my opinion, the Nationals, while this offseason hasn't been all too fun, you could make the case sitting here today, December 27th, that they could sign someone of the likes who could maybe compete with Luis Garcia or maybe just have an opportunity to do that same thing with Nassim Nunez. And there is one guy, in my opinion, who is a little bit intriguing, who would kind of fit the Nationals' profile of one-year deal, prove it, You'll be up and down from AAA up into the majors. And of course, he's a former NL East foe. You may be asking, who the heck are you talking about? Scott Kingery. Going into this year, 29 years old, doesn't turn 30 until like mid-April this season. Scott Kingery is not the most exciting name in the world. Don't get me wrong here. Second round pick out of the University of Arizona way back in the day. Had some promise. A lot of Philadelphia Phillies fans thought that he was going to be the guy over at second base. Ultimately did not work out that way. But at 29 years old, this is something that you can't really just look beyond. The Nationals are going to be in this market again for those kind of one-year prove-it deals. Now, Scott Kingery, he's not in the same basket as a Nick Senzel, in my opinion. Nick Senzel is a tad better. But also, Scott Kingery, he's had a much better season at one point back in 2019, than Nick Senzel has really ever had, in my opinion. Scott Kingery, don't forget this. In 2019, he had 19 home runs and a 788 OPS in 126 games with the Phillies that year. Ever since then, similar to Nick Senzel with also that 2019 kind of breakout season, they have never both been the same. But at 29 years old, you could probably make the case that you signed Scott Kingery to a minor league deal. If you sign him to a minor league deal, you can either have him down in AAA to start out and kind of be on that taxi squad of yo-yoing back and forth from the majors down to the minors and back and forth and all that fun stuff. That would probably make sense. That is kind of someone that you could kind of talk me into maybe saying, 
maybe he's going to be the guy to take over Luis Garcia. Is it likely to happen? Not necessarily, but it would be a lot flashier, in my opinion, than a Nassim Nunez type. I like Nunez. I just think he's going to be ultimately a utility defensive kind of infielder at the end of the day. I don't think his bat is going to be able to take you to that next level. Scott Kingery, on the other hand, you could probably say the same of that. But he has shown it at some point. And this is, again, someone who has shown flexibility with position. You can play second base, short. You can even play third at points. You can probably convince him to play the outfield as well. There's a lot of different things that kind of could go into this decision-making here. But Scott Kingery, it's not the flashiest name. It's not the sexiest thing. It's not your Daniel Murphy that you want to be signing back at Christmas time just in 2015, whatever that was. That's not going to be the Nationals right now. But if you were to kind of go off this, maybe this guy could do it, one-year deal, Scott Kingery. Why not at this moment? What do the Nationals have to lose? Because are we really going to be competing with Nassim Nunez? Nick Senzel, maybe? Maybe you tried Carter Keyboom over at second. I'm not really seeing that. Maybe you have Trey Lipscomb. You want to give him an opportunity to take the opening day second base job. I don't know at this moment in time. But I can tell you this. If you're going into this season with a competition of Nassim Nunez and Luis Garcia over at second base, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So I would expect the Nationals maybe to be back in this market. And hopefully, they sign Scott Kingery. I think it would be kind of a fun little one-year deal to see what he can do. And also, he's a Philadelphia Philly, which you love. Take away from them. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, Locked On Sports Today. Thank you all for making Locked On Nets your first listen. Of course, check us out over on YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals and hit that subscriber button. Again, wherever you get your podcast, not just on YouTube, but make sure to hit that subscriber button wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's tackle into the latest MLB rule changes as, in my opinion, I have dubbed this the Davey Martinez rule change. Let's discuss it. I'll tell you what that is right after this. And now we're back as Major League Baseball's competition committee has approved changes for the 2024 season that include an 18-second pitch clock with runners on base. You have used to have five mound visits. Now that it's been docked down to four, and if a pitcher starts to warm up before an inning, he must face at least one hitter. Here's the Davey Martinez rule change, though. The runner's lane to first has been widened to the in field grass 2019 game six of the world series you all remember it trey turner the awful play that happened there in that game that could have even costed the nationals a world series championship that was what happened there in houston we all know what happened trey turner runs on the infield grass it was really a play that you just you don't call in those situations is it technically runners interference sure i guess but even then It's a terrible call that you don't make in that scenario. Fast forward to this year in 2023, it happens again. Davey Martinez goes ballistic, takes the picture of Trey Turner in the World Series and goes, boom, whatever he says there, and cuts his promo, 
it was one of the better moments of the 2023 season, in my opinion, of David Martinez just absolutely losing it. But now this year, they have finally seemed to maybe have just gotten it right. The runner's lane has finally been widened to the infield grass. Now, I bet you this, there's still going to be some confusion on this play. Because let's be honest, every time that this rule comes into motion here, which it always seems to be with the Nationals when they play the Astros, when this rule goes into effect, there will be some gray areas here as well. There's going to be some moments in which you'll say, but he wasn't running direct. That was his path to the bag. There's a lot of different excuses that have always been made in this scenario. But Davey Martinez, there is one person in this world that this rule directly affects. And it is Davey Martinez. We've all known about, again, Game 6 of the World Series. Earlier this year in May, down in Houston, when Davey Martinez went ballistic in his post-game presser, in which he should have, by the way. Got ejected in that game, which, by the way, was one of the most eventful things of all season, if we're being quite honest. But I think this is going to be, and these rule changes overall, I think are probably pretty good. The only one that's a little annoying, in my opinion, is taking away the extra mound visit. What's the point of it? What are you doing cutting down five mound visits going down to four? Are you going to save 30 seconds? Are you going to be able to catch that taxi that you may have, wouldn't have 30 seconds beforehand? What does it really do? What does taking away this fifth mound visit really do for you? Save one minute of game time? Sure, I guess it adds up at the end of the day. But I think there's probably a little bit more effective things that you could be doing. Maybe cutting down commercial times? That's something Major League Baseball could do. They'll never do that, though, because money in their pocket. We all know how that works. So these rule changes at the end of the day, nothing too crazy. 18 seconds for a runner on base. That's fine. 18-second clock with a runner on. I mean, how is that really going to affect anyone else? But the four mound visits going down from five, that's really kind of the most annoying one, in my opinion, because it really doesn't save that much time. And ultimately, now... Teams don't really utilize the mound visits the way that they used to back in the day. A lot of these things can be signaled in from the pitching coaches. And I think a lot of people are learning different ways to kind of work your ways around it. So we'll just have to see. But the Davey Martinez baseline change has been happening, and it's here. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen. Of course, we'll catch you guys tomorrow, and it will be a fun show as the Nationals offseason is getting ready here. And 2024 is right around the corner, which means Nationals baseball is also right around the corner. We'll discuss all those things on tomorrow's show. Catch you then. Catch you on the flip side.